How many people do you know who struggle with their health? Chances are, whether they show it or not, most of the people in your life do. And chances are, you're one of them. Whether you're dealing with anxiety, depression, endometriosis, acne, eczema, autoimmune, thyroid, Lyme, brain fog, fatigue, or any other symptom or condition, you're far from alone. Living with symptoms has become the new normal. So no more guessing games. It's time to get answers. Welcome to the Medical Medium Podcast. I'm Anthony William. It's quite simple. You go to the store, you go to the produce section, and you see these yellow objects. Those yellow objects may look like lemons because they are lemons most likely. Go and grab a few, one, two, wait. You're holding a lemon in your hand. Think about the power in that lemon as it's sitting inside your hand. What that lemon went through to get there How did it grow? What is inside that lemon? What does that lemon possess? But at the same time, think about how it was created for you. Put the lemons in your basket and start to head out. Check out, get into the car, have your friendly little lemons beside you and start the journey because lemons have a lot of healing power. What? Mm. Yeah, I, I swore it overcame. Ow, ow, wow. I didn't eat a lot of lemons. You keep on asking me if I had lemons. No. Uh, citrus? I don't eat a lot of lemons. Is it oranges? No. Oh. Uh, oh, last year I had a lemon meringue pie. I had lemon. I had a lemon tart last year. It was just a lemon tart. I don't. I didn't drink any lemon water. Oh, I had one lemon water. Yeah, it was ten years ago. Uh huh. I had the flu and I had lemon tea. Uh-huh. Uh, can you give me another shot of Novocaine? It's hurting again. Uh, okay, I'll avoid lemons. Yes. Dr. Zizensky? Dr. Zizensky? I'll avoid lemons if you want me to. I won't do any more lemons, even though I only had one lemon last year. Wait a minute. I had... I had the lemon candy. I had a lemon candy. Uh-huh. I had a piece of gum that was lemon-flavored. Okay. Ah. There are some rumors out there. You often hear it. Lemons are bad. Lemon water is bad. Lemons hurt the teeth. Lemon water can hurt the teeth. You hear these rumors out there. A lot of people worried. A lot of fear in the health community. Say, hey, I'm drinking lemon water. Oh, you're going to lose all your teeth. Hey, I'm doing this lemon in the water. I'm doing it wrong. I'm doing it in hot water, but I'm doing this lemon water. 
and and the dentist says, no, that's bad. You're going to lose all your teeth. That's why you have teeth problems, because of all the lemons you've been doing. It's from all the lemon water and eating lemons and lemons in your life. That must be it. It's all the citrus. But how many people are really eating that much citrus? How many people eat lemons every day? You talk to somebody and you ask them, it's like, how many lemons do you eat? I'm sorry, sir. Sir, how many lemons have you eaten this month? And you'll be surprised. You'll hear them go, lemons? Not even part of my diet. When's the last time you've been in the dentist, sir? Well, I go in a lot. I have eight root canals, a couple of crowns, got a couple of tooth implants, dental implants, and I go in there often. Oh, yeah, and I got some receding gums. See, the truth is, people aren't eating that much lemon. So it's not like part of their diet, right? It's like, what did you have for dinner? Um, I ate a lemon. It was pretty good. I threw the lemon on the grill, uh, put the lemon in my plate, and I cut it in half with a fork and knife. And I stuck the fork in, and I ate the pieces of lemon, the rind and all. Just finished it up. It was a good meal. Oh, stuffed. That was good. Uh, Yum. I was full. My whole family was full. I gave each one of my kids a lemon, you know. Uh, let's see. My grandfather came over. We gave him a lemon, too. He sat down. He tuck, stuck his fork and his knife into the lemon, and he cut it, cut it open. He said, oh, just like I like it. This lemon is medium rare. We're having a cookout next week. Everybody's invited, and we're going to have lemons. Uh, that's what's on the menu, just lemons. And my friend's wedding... I went to my friend's wedding, and you know how they all usually offer chicken and fish? Like you're sitting there at the reception, and you're like, okay, you've got chicken or fish options, right? Well, my friends decided not to have chicken or fish. They decided to have lemons. So everybody was at the wedding, and everybody had lemons. Because that's all everybody eats. It's just lemons, right? Well, that's the crazy thing is that's what everybody for some reason thinks in some weird kind of dimension, some strange different dimension on the planet or the universe. It's like, just know everybody's eating lemons and that's the cause of everybody's problems, I guess. But when you really think about it, how much vinegar is in their diet? How much vinegar is it like salsas, dressings, mustards, relish, ketchup, or just vinegar and food all the time. It's even in packaged food. It's everywhere. People are drinking gallons and gallons of vinegar throughout their life. Ten years go by, they're drinking gallons. They've consumed gallons of vinegar. Decade, two decades go by, it's lots of gallons of vinegar, right? And then think about chicken. How many chickens do people eat? A lot of chickens. Okay, how many chicken wings have you eaten? Well, or how many buffalo chicken wings have you eaten? Think about it. Now, if a bird has two wings, does a bird have four wings? Or does a bird have two wings? I think a bird has two wings, right? So a bird doesn't have six wings, right? <laughs> the bird doesn't have 10 wings. He can have a whole big plate of chicken wings. And that's like 10 birds, 20 birds worth of wings. But when you add all those wings up every year... And as the decades go on, it's a lot of chicken, and a bird only has two breasts, right? Chicken breasts. But yet, how many times do you order chicken breast? I know people, they order it every night. They go out, and they have chicken breast every night. 
chicken sandwiches, chicken in different ways. They always have lots of chicken breasts, right? The white meat. It's like, how many chickens does that add up? 10 years. Look, this isn't about being anti-chicken or anti-this. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm just trying to wrap my head around this whole thing. It's like, you can eat a thousand chickens. A thousand chickens. You talk to the same person. Did you eat a thousand lemons in the last 10 years? No, they haven't. They, they've eaten a thousand chickens and then coffee. Let's talk about coffee for a minute. Is everybody putting lemon in their coffee? Because I'm scratching my head on that one there. You know, everybody has coffee in the morning. They got to have their coffee. They walk around with their coffee. Every influencer walks around with a cup of coffee in their hand. It's almost like, what? Do they work for a coffee company? So I'm kind of confused there, right? Coffee three times a day. Coffee four times a day. Everybody's got the coffee going, and I don't see them putting a whole squeezed lemon in that coffee every time they have their three or four cups of coffee a day. So they're doing five lemons, four lemons, three lemons a day. No, but they'll have 10,000 cups of coffee, 10 years. I don't know. It adds up a lot. Three cups a day, 365 days a year. It's like you don't say, oh, it's Sunday. I don't drink coffee on Sunday. <laughs> no, you drink coffee every day if you drink coffee you're, every day. Most people are anyway. It's not like, yeah, no, I don't drink coffee on the weekends, but I drink coffee during the week. No, you drink coffee on the weekends. So seven days a week, add that up, and you end up with a lot of coffee, like a river of coffee in 20 years, right? But it's not the coffee causing problems. It's the lemon water, lemon rind, lemon whatever. How much lemon is in your food? And what about takeout? How many times have you had takeout? You know, any kind of takeout. Like, I talk to people. That's all they do is have takeout all the time. Yeah, sometimes your takeout's not from the greasiest, disgustingest restaurant or something. Sometimes it's from you know, good quality food, good restaurant, but it's still takeout. It's takeout every minute. It's just, oh, no, we're doing takeout tonight. Not doing takeout again. How much does it add up, right? But what you'll notice is during all those years of takeouts, it wasn't about lemons, was it? I mean, think about it. Was your last takeout all about lemons? Did you get like a bunch of lemons in your takeout? How much lemon was in your food at your, in your last takeout? And takeout is just one thing. I'm just talking about driving up to the window into restaurants, right? You know, that kind of takeout too, not just takeout where, hey, call in an order, have it delivered, and then they're at the door, or you go pick up an order. But either way, there's a lot of takeout going on. And then look, hey, if you went just one time a week at 52 times a year, that's a lot of takeout. But did you do 52 lemons? No, a lot of people don't do 52 lemons. It's not kind of the best thing to grab when you're in the store. It's not that interesting. It's a lemon sour. It's like, don't want that. I want that slice of pizza. I want that bag of chips. I want something else. You know, I'll take anything else, but I don't want that lemon. And how many cows, right? Have you had a burger? How many burgers? It adds up pretty quick, right? Quarter pounder, half pounder. A friend of mine was like, I was at this best burger restaurant. They, they do one pound of meat in their burgers, one pounders. It's incredible. They got like onion rings on the burger, 
There's a big old toothpick going through the top with a little ribbon on top. There's all kinds of sauces and cheese on that big old burger, but it's one pound of meat. That could be a quarter pound of meat, eighth of a pound of meat, half a pound of meat, but it adds up how many burgers when you're a kid. And this isn't about, like I said, we're not sitting here ripping apart animal protein day or vegan day. That's not what this is about. It's just how many burgers have people had or steaks or meat. It adds up. Next thing you know, you ate half a cow. Ten years go on, you ate two cows. Maybe you had five whole cows. So if you're driving by a pasture and you look out there and you see the cows going, you know, walking around, the cattle walking around, you know, you'd be like, well, I'm 47 years old now. And I think I might have eaten 20 of those cows out there, maybe 30 cows, totally. But I'm trying to think about how many lemons I've had. I don't know. know, The dentist keeps on saying that it's the lemons that are taking out my teeth. But uh, I think I've had 50 cows, you know, and I think I've had four lemons. (laughs) And, you know, it can get to that point. So here's the thing, okay? There's a lot of other things out there that can create a problem inside the body that starts to dissolve your teeth. A concern with lemon is teeth. It's a big one right there. It's going to corrode my teeth. It's going to cause a tooth problem. My teeth hurt when I do lemon. There's a lot of concerns about lemon and lemon water. A lot of people are drinking lemon water. We know that now, right? But there's a lot of concerns about the lemon water damaging teeth, enamel, causing corrosion, erosion to the teeth, to the gums. Dentists are always worried about it. Other people are worried about it. Anybody who cares about their teeth are worried about it. But the reality is, we're going to go into detail of how the lemon doesn't hurt the teeth, but only helps. But the reality is, there's other things we're doing every day that hurt our teeth. Vinegar's one of them. Coffee's another. Foods that are really acidic inside the body are another. It all adds up, and we lose our teeth. Let's be real. It isn't lemons ruining people's teeth. How many lemons do kids consume? And look at the trouble kids have with their teeth. A lot of children, their teeth are all going rotten very early on because of mineral deficiencies, other problems, right? Toxic heavy metals in their body, all kinds of things play a role. So it's not about lemons, But I know it's easy to pick on because it's so sour, astringent, acidic. Let's head into the acidity. When lemon juice enters your body, it becomes alkaline instantly. When lemon juice enters your mouth, it becomes alkaline. Sure, it's sour. You got the citric acid in there. So you can feel how kind of sour and acidic it is when you first have it. If you squeeze a little lemon juice straight into your mouth, you can feel it, but it goes alkaline instantly. The calcium in the lemon interacts with your saliva and your HCL and turns into something wonderful. See, calcium, which lemons are high in, is really alkaline, very alkaline. 
It's what the body uses. It's that kind of calcium. See, the lemon tree, the roots, search for the mineral. So it's searching for the mineral. So you got a lemon tree. It's sitting there in the, in the lemon grove. The roots of the lemon tree are going deep into the sand, the sandy loam of the earth, hitting that clay too, and only searching for calcium deposits. Of course, those roots are taking up water. Those roots are taking up other minerals. But calcium's the big one right there. There's a reason for that. It's to get calcium inside the fruit, the lemon. See, calcium in a lemon neutralizes the bad acids. That's what we're filled with. All of us are filled with bad acids. We walk around with bad acids. We eat foods that create bad acids. Now, you wouldn't think a piece of bread is acidic, right? Put a piece of bread in your mouth. Just you do that. It doesn't kind of seem sour. It doesn't seem, you know, acidic. Place a piece of chicken in your mouth. Maybe some cheese, right? doesn't seem acidic, but it really is acidic. Now, cheese has calcium, but that's a different kind of calcium. That's not the calcium that's in a lemon. It's a different variety of calcium. But see, calcium is what leaches out of your bones and your teeth. It leaches to buffer real acidic foods and beverages, like coffee. So if you're drinking your coffee, calcium leaches from your teeth and your bones. You're having vinegar, calcium leaches from your teeth and bones. It leaches out of your bones and your teeth to get into your bloodstream and neutralize those acids. Now, when you're doing lemon juice or having lemon or lemon water, you're fighting against all those acids. You're fighting against acid-forming foods. So you're battling the bad when you have your lemon water. So we live our life, we consume all these acid-forming foods, acidic foods. When they enter the body, they're really acidic. We don't know it. And then we lose our calcium reserves every single day. So we're not in the dental chairs, we're not in the dental visits and in the dentist's office and in the dentist chairs because of lemons. We're in there because we've been doing all these acidic foods all these years, and it's been building up, building up, and we lose our calcium reserves. The vinegar, the coffee, that's just a couple of things. There's so many more things we consume and eat that create a teeth problem, that create tooth problem, that create bones to actually become porous, leach out calcium. So we're already doing that with a lot of things we consume and eat throughout our life. And then you pick up a lemon and it catches a bad rap, a really bad rap. And we get afraid of it, scared of it. And then when we learn in the health scene and we're doing things for ourselves in the health scene, you're going to get a group of naysayers out there that seem like experts. They seem like they've done their research and they're experts, and they'll tell you, don't do that lemon water, you're gonna destroy your teeth. You often hear people say, well, when I do some lemon water, it hurts my gums, or it hurts my teeth, or hurts my tooth. And 
they'll complain about that and be like, well, that must mean the lemon water is actually creating a problem. When the truth is, if you talk to that person a little bit, so I've talked to a lot of people over the years, and you say, well, is that the only time that tooth hurts? And you ask them about it, you're like, well, I can't have my coffee too hot. You know, I have to wait a little till it's more like a warmer temperature instead of really hot because that will hurt my tooth. And I can't chew down really hard on that side of my mouth, so I can't eat too many crunchy things. My friend brought a bag of chips over. We were watching a movie or we did some popcorn and I had one of the kernels at the bottom of the popcorn, you know, container where we were getting down to the smaller kernels. Everybody had all the big ones, the puffy ones, and we were working our way down. And when we got down to the bottom of the popcorn there, we were like eating the kernels that were kind of crunchy and burnt and they tasted good. And I can't do that because that blows up my jaw and my tooth hurts really bad. Or if I have like a popsicle or something or an ice cream, whoa, look out when that cold piece of ice cream hits that side of my mouth and lights that tooth up on fire, that thing will be ringing and they'll have all these other experiences. And then it's like, hey, try some lemon water. And so they'll get some icy cold water, squeeze some cold lemon in it and they'll send down some icy cold lemon water and they'll all of a sudden feel that sore spot they have, that hot spot they have, right? And they'll be like, oh my God, it must be the lemon water that's doing it. The lemon water's bad for that tooth. And when you really interview them, like look at what they're doing, you'll notice yeah, that tooth hurts a lot. They've been to the dentist because of that tooth. They talked about that tooth hundreds of times they worry about it. They feel it every now and then when they have something to eat or chew or bite. But yet it was the lemon that creates the problem. It's so easy to use our like thoughts in a way that aren't so helpful for ourselves. It's easy to just all of a sudden pick on something that isn't the problem, but we funnel everything to that. So it's like here we got this beautiful lemon water it's something that can help us and help our teeth and help our gums and help our organs. And we'll go into detail about that more. But we're afraid of it because it's triggering something. And the truth is about that, though. It's not causing a problem with that tooth that someone feels. It's pointing it out. It's pointing out the problem that there is a nerve sensitivity. A lot of people have nerve sensitivities trigeminal nerve is already sensitive. The nerves in their jaw are already sensitive. Facial nerves are sensitive. Nerves in their mouth, their tongue, their vagus nerve, sensitive, right? Hypoglossal nerve, sensitive. So all these nerves can be sensitive. A lot of people have simplex. They'll have simplex one in their system, in their nerves, Simplex, the cold sores, they get cold sores once a year, once every other year, once a month. Some people get it more, some people get it less, but it's in there. So the nerves are already sensitive. Some people have injuries from dental work, from getting the like 
tooth removed, injuries happen, getting teeth worked on, implants, root canals, anything in the, in the dental room where the needle goes too, the numbing agent. That's a big part of how little injuries happen and nerves get sensitive throughout the years. People get veneers, nerves get hypersensitive with veneers. So they'll be sensitive anyway. They have these nerve sensitivities. They bring in lemon water and it's ringing the bell. It's showcasing, it's pointing it out. See, lemon is so sour, it makes you pucker. Your whole mouth just puckers like, and you can feel it. When the mouth puckers, it's ringing off everything inside your mouth. So you get activity inside your mouth, the nerves get awakened. So if you got this nerve sensitivity, it's just ringing the bell. It's not creating a nerve sensitivity, it's already there. You're someone already having it, and the lemon water might be a reminder that you got this problem, but it didn't create it, and it's not creating it now. And then you get the handful of people who their teeth were on a level of being so deficient and problematic throughout their lives that they didn't know the crumble factor was on its way. So what does the crumble factor mean? It means you're going around, you're living your life, you wake up, you go to bed, you wake up, you go to bed, the years passed, you're doing your thing, and all of a sudden, oh my God, my teeth are coming apart. Something's wrong here. My dentist tells me I got a bunch of cavities. Something's wrong. My teeth are starting to fall apart, and it just starts to happen. It's like a time capsule. Your teeth are time capsules. And lemon water did not bring you to that point in your life. And then you have the people that were on the trajectory of getting sick. They were on their way to getting sick, but didn't know it. They just didn't know it. Maybe they had some symptoms already. They got into the health realm to try to find the answers. They're doing things, taking things, doing different programs, changing their diet. And they're already doing the move and groove with whatever their symptoms are and what their life is. But then they were on the way to getting sick or sicker, but didn't know it. They picked up a shingles virus three years ago, didn't know it. They contracted two Epstein bars three, four years ago, didn't know it. They contracted one or two simplexes, maybe cytomegalovirus, maybe something else, just stuff that happens. We can't avoid it. We can contract these things in restaurants, drinking off of other people's glasses. You know, just getting a tattoo, things can happen. You know, it's not saying you don't have to stop getting a tattoo. You don't have to do whatever. It's whatever you want to do. But the point is, is we pick things up along the way, maybe a new relationship. And we're on the trajectory of getting sick. We just don't know it in our life. Maybe something inside of us, since we had mono back in college, a dormant Epstein-Barr is peeking its ugly head and we're 38 years old now. So we're 38, we're 39 years old and our immune system starts to drop. We have a lot of deficiencies. Maybe we go through some difficult life changes, right? Some trauma, some emotional stress, some losses. And all of a sudden our immune system drops 
And then that dormant Epstein-Barr from college starts to come out, peeks its ugly head and says, I'm here, and then 20 symptoms come on. And right when that's happening, you were doing lemon water because you were also doing some other new things too. And that's all you need to hear from somebody out there to be like, well, what are you doing? It's like, well, I'm doing this, I'm doing keto, I'm doing that, I'm doing this new thing, I'm taking this herb from the Amazon, I'm drinking this fermented concoction, I'm drinking organic coffee, I'm changing my diet, I'm doing some lemon water because I heard it was pretty cool from the medical medium, and I'm drinking some lemon water, and I'm doing this and this. Wait, what? Wait, what? Did you say lemon water? You said lemon water. Uh, Yeah. I said lemon water too. Oh man, that's it right there. That's what's doing it to you. Like that's why you're not well. That's why your teeth are acting weird or your gum hurts. It's but really what no one realizes they were getting sick. There's that handful of people. It's not only it's not everybody, but there's this handful of people and they were getting sick. And they were getting the shingles virus. They were getting the simplex. They were getting an upsurge of their Epstein-Barr from years ago. And the shingles virus sitting dormant in our system and then coming out can create a lot of facial nerve pain and trigeminal nerve pain and teeth pain and gum pain, even if there's no rash. You don't need a rash. Cold sore virus that sits inside our system, if you had a cold sore 10 years ago, it's still there and it's still in the nerves. And when it comes out, Boom, nerves hurt, teeth hurt, gums hurt. Canker sores, it's another one. A lot of people have the canker sore virus, which is not simplex one. It's a different herpes virus. The canker sores, mouth ulcers. Well, they tend to tingle and burn. And then the sore, the ulcer comes out. And then it hurts all in that area of the mouth and gum and tooth. And you're drinking some lemon water and you got canker sores that are already coming out, and it's gonna ring the bell. It's so astringent, that's why. Medical industry doesn't understand about these viruses, so lemon water will get the blame. The dental industry doesn't understand about any of these viruses, so the lemon will get the blame even if the patient didn't do a lot of lemon. And that's the truth, though, about it all, or the fact. The fact and truth of the matter is you've got millions and millions of people in dental chairs, dental offices, getting their teeth drilled, and they hardly had lemons or lemon water in their life on any level. Some people never even touched a lemon in 50 years, but yet we blow the whistle on the lemon, we psych people out, we send them in the wrong direction. What's interesting about naysayers or critics of lemon water or lemons in general or citrus is you listen to them. They say, hey, no, that's not good for you. I'm an expert in health. I did my research. Lemons are too acidic, not going to be good for your teeth. They're good for you. And you should stop doing it. What's interesting is those same critics, same naysayers don't know why anybody's sick. Did you ever realize that for a moment? It's like they don't know why someone's suffering. Fibromyalgia and lupus and neurological Lyme 
multiple sclerosis and RA and ticks and spasms, seizures, tremors, shakes, vibrations throughout their body, teeth pain, gum pain, neck pain, head pain, migraines, restless legs, brain fog, and intense anxiety and depression. They don't have an answer for any of that. They don't know why anybody's sick with anything, but boy, we better listen to them because they're an expert about lemons and lemon water. So, oh, okay, oh, okay. Expert, I won't do the lemon water. Um, it's gonna hurt me? Okay, I'll listen to you. Meanwhile, they don't know why anybody's sick. And the reason why we're sick is, a big reason is the pathogens, right? The viruses and the bacteria. That's a big reason. And lemons are antiviral, antipathogenic, antibacterial. It's one of their gifts. It's one of that. It's the gift of lemon right there. So when you see it in the supermarket, it's like, well, on my carriage, the handle of my carriage, there's probably five viruses on there, 10 varieties of bacteria. Oh, actually, it could be 100 varieties of bacteria on that shopping cart handle. And sitting there in that basket in the produce section is a lemon, which is antibacterial, antiviral, and that needs to go inside my body. But you wouldn't know because science research, they don't want you to know about all the antiviral compounds, antibacterial compounds, the phytochemical compounds that ward off and thwart pathogens. No one wants to really talk about that. It's an antiseptic against those pathogens, the lemon water. But yet you'll hear a critic who's an expert that will say, don't do that lemon water. It's probably what's hurting you. Meanwhile, sickness in general is the pathogens, and here is an antipathogenic food. People walk around with stagnant, sluggish livers, livers that are dense, hardened. Do you ever see somebody, they're really bloated out, their stomach is sticking out, they have this abdominal distension, and it's hard? You could bounce a quarter on it. Like, it's hard. If some guy was going to punch another guy in the stomach, right, in that spot, it would, like, bounce off probably, even though the guy would get really hurt if some guy punched him in the stomach in that spot. But it could be really hard and just stick out, right? So it's not just about bloating. The liver hardened up. It got tough. It's like kind of like an older cow, an older cow's liver, tough, like tough meat or tough liver. So when you cook that liver up or fry that liver up from that cow and it's an older cow, that liver's not going to be tender. It's going to be like really, really tough, gristly. So you stick that fork and knife in that liver and you're like sawing. And because the cow's liver aged, because no matter what, as we age, our liver gets toxic. Yeah, grass-fed beef cow's liver's still going to get toxic. It still has to be the filter. Well, we're the filter. And by the way, I don't recommend eating cow liver for that reason, because it's the filter that's highly toxic. And But we can do that on another show and talk about why that's so bad. But our livers get highly toxic, stagnant, sluggish fatty, so the liver becomes fatty, fatty liver. All that fat builds up around the liver, inside the liver. The liver starts to get harder, not softer. It doesn't get supple and soft. It gets harder 
And if we ever ate a human liver, it would be gristly when we get older. So you get somebody with a highly toxic liver all their life and it was stagnant and sluggish. And now they're 60 years old, 65 years old, and we took their liver out and we said, well, you know, I'm going to try this person's liver here. I'm going to cook it up and it's going to be really gristly. And so there are reasons why our livers get stagnant and sluggish. It's all the toxic exposure, right? It's the pathogens that sit inside our liver. The Epstein bar sitting in somebody's liver for a lifetime can make it harder, make it more stagnant, sluggish, and fatty. And then all the different fats in our diet too, we're all on these high fat diets and it, it hurts the liver as we age. And then the exposure, sent to candles, colognes, and perfumes, detergents, conventional detergents, right? Those air fresheners that are plugged in everybody's walls everywhere. All the different chemicals we're breathing in every day because of that. And so that builds up inside of our liver along with other things too. But eventually liver just becomes very tough and very hard. So what do we do about it? It's just, it's happening to everybody. And when someone has a liver problem, they end up with the eczema, psoriasis, the vitiligo. They end up with aches and pains and stiffness in the joints and all these other problems. They end up gaining weight. They get the hot flashes and all these other symptoms because the liver is responsible for so much of our sickness because of the cause of what's happening inside the liver. But how do we defend ourselves? The liver flush the lemon water liver flush. So lemon water flushing out our liver every single morning. So we gotta think about that. We go to bed at night, our liver's like, whoa, you're going to sleep, but I'm staying up. The reason why your liver's staying up is because that's when it's working really, really hard for you. Your liver sleeps a little bit at the beginning of the night takes a cat nap. And then as you're starting to go deeper into your sleep, wee hours, right? Your liver is waking up. It's like back to work. That lazy, that lazy fool is sleeping right there. And I got to do all the work right now. Let's see here. Oh, I shouldn't be too, too mad at my host because, you know, my host is keeping me in them. And but my host ate a big greasy cheeseburger yesterday and my host also drank a little too much coffee and my host had a bag of chips and my host had a slice of pizza and my host had a pulled pork sandwich, so I'm kind of mad. I'm kind of mad. So yeah, okay, I'll call my host a fool, but I gotta get to work, all right, enough of that. But let's face it, our livers love us unconditionally. They punch that time clock, and they get to work. They actually really care about us. And the goal of the liver is to clean up the mess. It's the filter. So it's working. It's working like feverishly. A bunch of little elves inside that liver of yours is working all night while you're sleeping, snoring away, snoring away. Some of you guys are snoring because your livers are so congested and tough and stagnant and sluggish, by the way, but it's another story. But your liver really does have your back. It's just that we have to have our liver's back too 
And one way to do that is the lemon water. Now, you might be somebody that does the lemon water in the morning. So when your liver is working all night long and you're about to wake up, your liver's like, well, I bagged up all this trash. I put it right here. I bagged up all this garbage. I put it right here. Toxins, chemicals, and poisons I put here. I, I bagged up all of this other gunk and junk and garbage and things and all kinds of old objects, and I put it over here. Now, let's wait. Let's see what this fool does. But your liver doesn't call you that. Your liver instead says, let's see what happens because I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying. You wake up, you go downstairs, or you head out to the kitchen. Honey, got the coffee on? Is the coffee going? Do you want to get a bagel? Okay, let's get some bagels, cream cheese. Yeah, I want cream cheese, please. It, ooh, got some eggs in the pan. I could go with ooh, bacon, throw some slices of bacon there. Yeah, bacon smells really good right there in the pan. And, and your liver's like, wait a minute, I did all that work. And this is the fifth year, 10th year, 12th year, 20th year, I did all this work. And your liver's just hoping for that break. And maybe you're somebody that wakes up in the morning and you're like, yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting my lemons out. Cutting that lemon in half, squeezing it in that big glass of water and drinking that down. 16 ounces, 32 ounces. Maybe you're somebody that does the 32 ounce and you're just like, go, 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 go. And your liver's cheering you on like no tomorrow because... When you do that, you're creating a wave, a wave like when it comes in from the beach, when it's rolling in, when the waves are rolling in, they're rolling in, they're going to purge that shoreline. And as you're drinking all that lemon water, it's creating a flush. Your liver needs hydration in the morning. That's what it's requiring. That's what it needs you know, we often think about, what do I need? You know, everybody's just about their needs, right? It's all about self-care out there, about people's needs and all that. But what does the liver need? What about the liver's needs? Well, one of the liver's needs, very important one, is that hydration first thing in the morning, but especially first thing in the morning. That's the key right there. It needs the flushing power because your lymphatic system is only going to be as good as your liver right there. So if you want to flush out your lymphatic system, you got to flush out your liver because that's the root right there. That's the foundation of your lymphatic system. Like people are always like lymphatic, lymphatic, dry brush, do this, do that, get a lymphatic massage. No. Yeah, okay, fine. We can do all that. But that's not the ticket. That's not the big ticket. That's just the dressing on the salad. That's not the salad itself. That's the dressing. So here's how it works. When you send that lemon water down the pike and it gets down to the stomach and it starts to enter the bloodstream, that's one, and the rest of the lemon water starts to head down the small intestinal tract, gets down in there, and then it goes up the hepatic portal vein, the highway. A flush, a wave of hydration starts to enter into the liver through the hepatic portal vein right from the intestinal tract. 
and it's a burst is what it is. So there's electrolytes in that lemon. There's electrolytes and antioxidants, the vitamin C. The high level of vitamin C inside the lemon is a high level of antioxidant. There's also minerals inside the lemon juice that activate. Activate when they enter their body, they're living, they're alive. These minerals are living. They're not dead. It's living electrolytes, not dead electrolytes, not factory man-made electrolytes, not concoctions made in a lab and thrown in some type of water beverage drink. These are living natural electrolytes. And when they touch poisons, they neutralize. They neutralize and a reaction, a chemical reaction happens inside the liver and the body. But here's the cool thing. As that lemon water heads down the intestinal tract, it gets sucked up, like sucked. A suction occurs from the liver drawing blood looking for nutrients and hydration and water from the intestinal tract. The liver creates a suction in the morning. It's trying to draw nutrients it needs to do its job. And the lemon water is the ultimate factory of nutrients. It's one of the ultimate ones first thing in the morning for your liver to draw that suction, pull that wave of living electrolytes, living water, up to the liver to give it a push. That's what it needs. It needs a push to take all that garbage and push it out. So it ends up going up, up the bile duct, and then back into the intestinal tract for you to discard and poop out. That's the ticket right there. Because you're not eating anything dense or heavy or fatty in the morning. So your liver's like free and clear, free and clear to do that suction action to bring up those living electrolytes, those phytochemical compounds and trace minerals and antiviral and antibacterial compounds too. Can't forget about those, those antioxidants as well, and bring those up the hepatic portal vein, the highway right into the liver, and then it purges and flushes the toxins and poisons of that day and maybe even more toxins and poisons from days before? How about years before? How about a decade before? You'd be surprised what gets flushed out and goes up that bile duct and out back into the intestinal tract and then eliminate it and discard it. And then there's the bloodstream, the blood rushing out of your liver. That blood has the lemon water in it too. Because you have to remember your hepatic portal vein was drawing blood through and up. It was also bringing up those living phytochemical compounds, antioxidants, trace minerals, antibacterial, antiviral compounds from your lemon water, but it, it was drawing that hydration up. So not only did it have a purge going up the bile duct back into your intestinal tract, but the bloodstream itself was going through that liver and then out of your liver heading to your heart. Now, that bloodstream is going to have some toxins and poisons, but the lemon water is neutralizing, binding on, grabbing onto, and flushing, getting ready to send those toxins eventually out through your kidneys. That's the next part that happens. So you have the combination of both. 
Excuse me. Excuse me, Anthony. Um, A.W. I'm doing a lemon water, and I really like it. I'm putting it in hot water. My practitioner told me that it's best in hot water. So I do eight ounces of lemon water in hot water, and I really like this way of doing it. Is that okay? A common mistake, an actual great mistake, when you do hot lemon water, it doesn't work. There's nothing wrong with lemon in your hot tea, lemon in a hot beverage, squeezing lemon in anything like that, lemon in culinary. So you're making a dish, it's on the frying pan, you know, you're, or whatever you have the dish going or you want to add lemon on any of your food that's being cooked or that's really hot, but you lose the power that your liver needs for that living phytochemical compounds living trace minerals to do the flush of toxins for the liver in the morning, you lose it all. Because the minute you cook the lemon juice, you changed it. You changed its entire structure, its chemical compounds, its composition, completely destroyed. But wait, not all of it's destroyed. There's still nutrients in there and there's still some trace minerals and there's still some phytochemical compounds. Very good. If you wanna use that in your tea, you wanna make ginger tea, ginger honey lemon tea, nothing wrong with that. It's a benefit to put your lemon juice in that honey lemon ginger tea. It's a benefit, absolutely, because it still offers so many things. And the vitamin C, the vitamin C can survive enough and you can get some of that in there too. But you lose so much of the living electrolyte power the living phytochemical compound, living nutrients and trace minerals and antioxidants that need to be alive because a lemon has more than one antioxidant. It's got more than the vitamin C antioxidant. It's got dozens of antioxidants. In science and research, they're not worried about looking for those. They're not spending $200 million trying to find all the other antioxidants in a lemon. Just why bother, right? It's not how things work out there. So... With all that's in the lemon, it gets destroyed. At least the most important aspect of the lemon gets destroyed when you put it in hot water. This is a great mistake. And it's a reason why people don't move forward as much as they need to move forward. And here's another thing. A lot of people do eight ounces of lemon water, and that's okay if you wanna do that. But if you're doing eight ounces of hot lemon water, you're not going anywhere. You're not gonna really move the needle you know how celery juice moves the needle and it's changing people's lives? 16 to 32 ounces of fresh living lemon water can do the same. Now you can have the water lukewarm, you can have it room temperature, you could have it cold, but you can't have it hot if you want it to do its flushing action. Now celery juice and fresh lemon water don't do the same as far as what they do. Like celery juice does a whole bunch of other things. Lemon water does a whole bunch of other things, but they both move needles. They're both critical for healing. That's why when you do like the medical medium morning cleanse, you're doing your lemon water, then you're doing your celery juice, and then you move on from there, right? And you keep the fats out till noon. All that's incredible for the liver. But the lemon water's a part of this. All these centuries right? People know they can put lemon juice in water, lemon juice in culinary. 
That's been happening for hundreds of years, but nobody knew that it was about flushing the liver and body and lymphatic system of toxins that if you use the lemon water on an empty stomach first thing in the morning before you apply any food or solid food or fats in your diet, if you do it properly, a flushing occurs of toxins and poisons and it cleans things out. Now, you need 16 ounces to 32 ounces of lemon water because you need more hydration with that lemon to carry it and create that flushing power up the paddock portal vein and highway. If you only do a little, like an ounce of lemon water, or if you only do four ounces, it may not be enough. Eight ounces is pretty good, but still not enough if you're somebody who's chronically sick and you got a stagnant, sluggish liver, you've had it really hard with your health, you got autoimmune, all these other things going on, you're gonna want 16 ounces as a minimum. You want two cups of that lemon water first thing in the morning. Now, why does it work? One reason why it works is because you're not gonna have milk, cream, butter, you're not gonna have sausage, you're not gonna have bacon, you're not gonna have cheese, you're not gonna have eggs, you're not gonna have ham, you're not gonna have meat, you're not gonna have avocado, you're not gonna have avocado or oils, you're not gonna have nuts and seeds, tahini, nut butters, not gonna have ghee, not gonna have coconut oil, not gonna have olive oil, you're not gonna have any of the fats. The fats stop the liver from doing its thing. It stops the liver from flushing. So first thing in the morning, you eat all that fat, your liver's not gonna flush any poisons or toxins anymore. That cut off valve, that valve shuts down right away. But instead, you bring in that lemon water first thing in the morning, and you do that eight ounces or more, eight ounces, right? 16 ounces, that's the key right there. That's the winning ticket. 32 ounces, and now you're flying. Now it's gravy train for your body right there. And that's when that flushing power starts to move through. You get enough hydration going into the liver, pushing the poisons and toxins out of your bloodstream, up out into the bile duct, into your intestinal tract so you can defecate, you can eliminate, you can urinate and get all of that toxin out of the body. And that's what we need. And people who are into the lymphatic system have to realize one thing that's so important. They need to start getting into the liver because that's the foundation, that's the cesspool inside the body. The lymphatic system is just your overflow. That's just your overflow. It's like, okay, let's take care of the lymphatic system, but forget the liver. doesn't matter about that. Meanwhile, it's like chasing your tail. It's like going in circles, chasing your tail. It's because if you can't take care of the liver, you're going to be constantly trying to take care of your lymphatic system for the rest of your life, which is okay. But the goal should be taking care of that sewage plant that's deep down inside, that liver, all the sludge. You take care of that, and you won't be chasing your tail so much. You'll have more freedom. Your lymphatic system takes care of itself for the most part because you got the sludge out of your liver. Unless you keep on putting it back into your liver and not doing anything about it ever, then your lymphatic system and your liver is going to be plagued with all that toxin and sludge and buildup and byproduct for the rest of your life. But the lemon water, that's a ticket right there. That's like a ticket on a train to freedom. 
because what you're doing is you're giving your liver what it needs. You're looking out for it and it's got your back and it's looking out for you. Keep in mind, you have to look out for something. There's toxic lemon juice replacements. So you'll see them in a little container. They'll be in a little yellow, orange, or yellow lemon-shaped bottle. Have a little spout on it. You open the spout and you're like, hey, I'm putting my lemon juice in here, but that's not the same thing. So if you're doing one of those and squirting that in your water and you think you're getting your lemon water, you're not. You have to buy a lemon. You have to go and find a lemon or grow a lemon and use that like a real lemon, cut it in half, squeeze it in. Now, you only have to use half the lemon if you want for a big 16 to 32 ounce glass of water. If you wanna squeeze the whole lemon in there, you can do that too, but a half is good. You can get by with just a half and then you can save the other half for the next morning if you'd like and that's something that's really easy to do. Now, you gotta look out too for natural flavors, lemon natural flavoring, lemon flavoring, lemon natural flavors, natural flavoring, that's MSG. That's not lemon juice or lemon concentrate juice or lemon extract. This is an entirely different thing, so you gotta look out for that all on its own. Here's another thing to be aware of. So it's not just the MSG and natural flavors, like lemon natural flavors, that's not lemon juice. But here's another thing to worry about, essential oil of lemon. I know that so many people love their lemon essential oil and that's fine, but you don't want to take a glass of water and say, hey, I don't need to get a lemon and do this lemon juice this way and do the lemon water this way. I just need to put a couple of drops of essential lemon oil in my water and guzzle it down. It's not gonna do the same thing quite the opposite and could even be very irritating if you have a sensitive nervous system because that's an entirely different mechanism all on its own. So we have to be cautious there because many people be like, wow, I'm loving this lemon juice, lemon water thing. I dig this podcast. I'm gonna go and look at my cupboard. Whoa, I got a lemon essential oil. I'm all set, fill it some water, put that in there and send it on down. And lo and behold, it's not gonna do anything for the liver. So that's one more thing to look out for. Using lemon is always a great thing. Could put it in your salads, squeeze it, put it on top of dishes and salads, put it in your food, and that's a great way to get lemon juice, fresh lemon juice into your diet, into your body. It's not gonna be the same thing as your lemon water first thing in the morning, but it's still good. Now, you don't have to just do lemon water first thing in the morning. You can do it during the day, you could do it at night, you can do it in the evening, you can do it twice a day, three times a day if you really like. First thing in the morning is important because you're flushing the liver. So another type of confusion someone can get involved with is not using water, but using just straight lemon juice. So try not to do that. Try not to take like four, five, six, ten 10 lemons, squeeze all the juice out, and maybe add an ounce of water and send it down. That's not a good thing because it's not gonna be what you need. The hydration's not there. You need enough water. So it's important to have the 16 to 32 ounces of water, and then you just take a half a lemon, squeeze the juice out of that half a lemon into your 16 to 32 ounces of water, and then you're drinking that whole thing down. If you just squeeze lemons and make lemon juice, you're not gonna have enough hydration to do the flush. You're gonna have just all lemon juice, 
and that's going to be really sour and really pucker your mouth and taste buds. It's not going to be comfortable unless you really love that lemon flavor, but I still don't recommend it because you need the flushing action of all the water combined with the lemon juice. We live in a world where the industries like us being sick. They like us because we become the feeders of what the industry offers and manufactures. And if we stay sick, then we keep on feeding and feeding and feeding until we die. And that's how the industries think. Industries don't like lemons. They don't like what lemons do. They don't want someone on lemon water. They don't want someone consuming lemon and they don't want what God has given us inside that lemon to enter into our physical bodies because as we heal, the industries are less needed. Mother Nature gives life to the lemon tree with you in mind. Those lemon trees have been around for thousands of years and there's a reason for their existence, just like there's a reason for your existence. And as we consume that lemon and that juice from the precious lemon, Mother Nature sees us fulfilling a prophecy for thousands of years. Prophecy that Mother Nature, God, or if you believe the Creator and Universe, has placed here for us. As the industries dirty our systems up, we require purity. The purifying power of the lemon should never be underestimated. When you hold one in your hand, think about the purity inside that lemon. Think about how it purifies the body, the blood, your organs, your brain, your liver. And think about the mission in your life involving the lemon. It should become a part of your routine, a part of your everyday life. As you walk down the street and take each step, think about what that lemon water and the power that lemon is doing for you as you're moving, as your blood is pumping, as your heart is singing, as your thoughts are thinking. Think about what the lemon is helping you do, create, perform, and achieve. As the lemon sits on a tree, the sun beats down on it. And as the sun beats down on that lemon, it enters into that lemon. Each week and each month, as the lemon is developing, light is infusing inside the middle and center of that lemon. And that light infuses in us as we partake in what the lemon offers. <laughs>